Ah, good morning. It's a beer waka waka. And this is my virtual garden. This is my podcast. And I call it Garden Link. Well, good morning. I started recording my two guests on the 12th of September, Monday the 12th. Um, it has taken me a little longer to put it together because my voice isn't normal. You may have noticed I've got a bit of a cold. Now our guests uh, are, first of all, Steve Ratton and secondly, Roy Edwards. Steve was on our last podcast. Steve writes in various papers and uh, magazines. Um, he writes about uh, growing vegetables and he writes about garden issues. Uh, our second talker is Roy Edwards. Roy is a lecturer at uh, Lincoln University. His uh, speciality is in ornamental plants. He wrote a book about growing annuals some years ago that I use regularly. So sit back and enjoy. My conversation with Steve Ratton on Monday morning, just before nine o'clock, was to ask him about did he grow any potatoes? Well, do you grow many potatoes? I almost stopped now because of the synod. Ah, okay. But but if you were going to be growing some potatoes, especially for Christmas, what would you be growing? All right, I'll tell you what I do. I start with an early called Lisetta. Mm-hmm. L-I-S-E-T-A. Yeah. Which is one of my favourites. Then I then my favourite my real my real favourite in the whole world is Agria. They're a wonderful roasting potato. And then I normally whack in a red, such as Desiree or something, and that's me done. Okay, okay. Now, do you, uh, the, the proper word is chip them. Do you sprout them before you put them in the ground? I certainly do. I put them on the windowsill of our study, which faces uh, west on sheets of newspaper. Right. And then once they're chitted, I use my thumb and rub, rub off all but, all but three shoots. Okay, I must admit I don't normally do that. What, the chitting? Yeah, uh, no, the rubbing off to leave just three. Okay. Well, the old textbooks I've got talk about um, cutting down the number of shoots to make it grow better. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, and when do you start it? If you're going to start your early potatoes, you've probably well, already I started. I've done it by now. I'd, yeah. I haven't got them. I haven't done it yet. I normally do it about uh, July or August. Certainly August. Mm-hmm. And then plant out in um, I, I, this month in September, late uh, September. Well, if I'm going to put them under the frost cloth, which I do the earliest I do, then go in. They can go in um, late, late, late September, early October. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. Mm. Yeah. Why are you asking me all these questions, your devil? <laughs> oh, well, I'm thinking that, you know, there will be people who are going to be thinking about planting early potatoes, especially with Christmas. I, I try and produce them for Christmas time. Yeah, nice. Well, the earliest, we can get those. We can get those. I used to grow them in my tunnel house, but as they're in the Solanaceae and so are tomatoes, I've mm. stopped doing that because I think it's um, likely to deplete nutrients and in particular cause disease, disease carryover. I, I must admit I only grow early potatoes for the simple reason I don't think I've got enough space to grow a, a decent sized potato crop. You know when it comes to a garden I mean there are some things that one tends to use a lot of. Potatoes might be one and the other one might be onions. Do you grow onions? Ah, funny enough I've just written a story for NZ Herald for about three weeks to come mm-hmm. and I've decided I'm gonna, I've stopped growing onions because 200 days from seed to harvest. Yes. Eight weeds. Yes. And uh, all the rest of it. And um, sometimes you get onion white rot if you overwater them. 
Mm-hmm. And then when, at harvest time, the farmer's onions, so you get them for about dollar a kilogram sometimes, so I thought I'm not interested anymore. Do you grow any special onions, though, like red onions, and do you grow things like shallots? I'd, if I could get shallots to purchase, I do grow them. They're wonderful, and their, their storage is great, as you know, in the garden shed. Yes. But I can't, apart from the two market ones which have been sprayed to stop them sprouting, I can't get any. If I could, I'd put them in now. Okay, okay. I, I have actually got my put my shallots in about um, uh, three weeks or so ago, and I, I see that they're spr- beginning to sprout above the ground now, and I, I was lucky. I had some handed on to me, including this rather long torpedo shallot. Oh, have yeah. you seen it? I've seen that one. I've seen that one. Well, I would normally put them in in um, July, but I haven't got any, and I can't get them, so I'm really frustrated by that. I was a little bit late uh, with July for things like uh, garlic and shallots is what they say. Um, but you don't have to be too slavish about that. I think you could still put shallots in even now. Are you recording this, by the way? Yes. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> you're, talking to, you're talking to me pre-coffee. You're a lucky man to get anything out of me. Oh, gosh. Um, you don't grow your own coffee by any chance, do you? No chance. I don't drink that much. <laughs> Now, do you grow your own spring onions? I do. And actually, <clears throat> just um, two weeks ago, I happened to have four varieties that had me in my onion box at home because all my seeds were in little plastic boxes. Mm. And I sowed them in two seed trays. Mm. And just, the, just this weekend, they're coming up. Because onions are well-known slow germinators, which is another reason why if they get hit by weeds, it really stops them, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, and you'll Three be... varieties of spring onions, and they will be used in sort of Asian... Stir-fry. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to pr- uh, put lay those out in the garden, and what sort of spacing are you going to give them? Yeah, I'm going to um, do in seed trays, so I'll carefully lift them. What I do is I use my fingertips, and I make a little drill, mm. and I put them in the in the drilling bunches of three or four. I don't really care. They grow fine like that. I haven't got the time to delicately put them out at 5.5 centimetres apart, or 5.5 millimetres, whatever it's supposed to be. I just put them in in bunches no. in the drill in the garden, and they produce beautifully. It also means you pull up a bunch, you've got enough for one meal, don't you? Yeah, you do. And, and when do you think you'll be pulling up your first bunches? Oh, pulling them out? Oh, um, if they go in, let's say, next weekend from the seed trays, they'll be ready in about six weeks, I'd say. Right, right. Might be November. Uh, and you don't have any problems with weeds with them? Oh, yeah, of course I do. I have to weed because they're not a major crop in my garden. They only occupy about two metre lengths of row, so it's pretty easy to, to pull out the weeds. Uh, but if I'd sown the seeds directly in the garden, then yeah, suffer more by my my lazily ignoring them for a few weeks. Uh, uh, they got a good start by the fact that you've transplanted them and the weeds are going to yeah. take a few weeks to catch them, aren't they? As you know, I do a story in um, the weekend section of the New Zealand Herald every Saturday, and I just wrote one last night about onions and other crops, but that won't be out for another two or three Saturdays, okay. I don't think. Well, I'm still curious about uh, any other onions. Do you try any of the white Welsh onions, yeah, sort of ever-going, on, uh, ongoing onion? Because I grow a few of those in my garden. Well, the so-called perennial onions? Yeah. I've never tried those. I'm rather tempted, actually. But, but I don't, I'm not sure if King's or Egmont seeds sell the seeds, do they? Or do you have to get the... Oh, oh no, King, King, King sell them. They call them white Welsh. Um, I have to say that there are times of the year when it, they do suffer from rust rather badly. Well, more than the orthodox onions. Well, okay. Sh- shall we say it, it's a bit unsightly and you have to select the uh, 
the leaves that you want to take to the kitchen when it gets uh, when it is bad. That's usually in the autumn time. Okay, well, I normally use if I'm cooking that type of onion, I would use leeks, but of course they're not necessarily ready by autumn because they grow through the winter, don't they? Yeah. So if you yeah. want a soft white oniony flavour, mm. I just cut leeks very thinly, as I was describing for mm. red onions earlier, mm. and, that, and that works fine. Okay. Anything else in the vegetable garden that I should be thinking about this weekend? Um, well, as I was writing in the Herald, gardeners are a friendly lot, and they um, they help each other when they swap plants and they mm. certainly swap advice. Mm. And one of the biggest questions that gardeners ask to gardeners in, sep- in September is, "What are you sowing now? That's or right. what are you planting now?" And that's, we always ask those questions, don't we, to make get some tips from colleagues. Um, I put in some mm, climbing sugar snap peas two weeks ago. Right. The ones where you eat the whole pod, not yeah. the not the flat ones, which the French call mange too, but the um, the cylindrical one. If the soil starts to warm up, it should be okay. But I um, cover them with finely chipped tree tree shoots. We've got so many trees in our garden that need trimming that the bloke comes around and trims them, mm-hmm. and then he puts the, all the waste through a chipper. Right. And that stuff we've got piles of it in our garden, and it's wonderful for putting over the soil to keep the weeds down and to heat up in the sun. So my um, sugar snap peas are under a thin layer of wood wood and twig twig chips right. just to protect them a bit from the frost and um, warm up in the sunshine. Right. So they're in. And next weekend I'm going to start sowing some beetroot. I grow one variety, which is Bonnie Baby. Um, it's a hybrid, you know that one. And it's yeah. only about, you pick it when it's just above the size of a golf ball. But mm. I, I, it was the 10th anniversary yesterday, or sorry, Saturday, of the... Lincoln Farmers Market, so there's a very big crowd there, and they asked me to give a little talk into the mic, mm. which I did briefly, and I did say, look, there's so many things that are difficult to grow from seed, if you just buy a, a punnet of these things, you're going to save at least six weeks, actually, and not growing from seed, so why mess about with seeds for some things? Obviously, things like carrots and beetroot, they don't transplant mm. very well, certainly carrots don't, so mm. I... I'll grow those in seed, of course. Okay, Steve, thank you very much. You're welcome. See you later. Okay, then. Cheers. Bye. I spoke to Roy in the middle of Monday morning, and I started by asking about the book that he wrote about annuals. And the reason I'm speaking to you, Roy, is because I still pull uh, your book annuals uh, off my bookshelf fairly regularly and have a look oh, at it. Good. Uh, how long ago is it that you wrote that book? Oh, blimey. Um, I've got it here. Hang on. I think it was 1986, which is a fair while. <laughs> well, it is, but would, would things necessarily change a lot? No, no, there's a few name changes. Here, 1986. Yeah. Well, I use it as my Bible for when I'm sowing my annuals. Yeah, good. Um, so, um, and, you know, th- things like how long things germinate uh, are, are particularly yeah, well, useful. Uh, yes, well, I did have practical experiences so during some propagator for, um, you know, some time. Yeah, so it's, you know, there's, it's a pragmatic thing, not, a, not an academic book. I may be slightly unusual, but I do actually plant... I have four beds in the front of my garden. They'd be a roughly um, sort of three metres by three metres with an edging hedge around each one of them. And um, I plant them up with annuals. 
And um, so, well, this year I've chosen uh, some corn flowers uh, and larkspur. I'm going to mix those together. Hmm. And I'm going to also uh, grow some cleome. Yep, well, yeah. Martin, you don't see much cleome today. And no, you, you don't. You don't see much cornflower. Well, you see a bit of that, but um, larkspur you hardly ever see either. So, okay. yep, you should have a nice mix. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I must be old-fashioned. What, what is the fashion at the moment? Oh, God, you've got me. Um, look, I think the best way of, of interpreting that would be to look in the um, in the garden centres, and you will certainly see things like pansies and antirrhinums and violas and polyanthus at the moment, mm. but it's just a fraction early to start looking at your summer flowering stuff. Mm. So when your summer flowering things come along, it'll be certainly petunias, marigolds, and those sorts of plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the the, um, the plant you mentioned, the um, uh, what was it? Well, I said cleomia, uh, but I also said um, um, uh, larkspur and cornflowers. Yeah, cornflower you could plant right now, and that will do well. And larkspur, mm-hmm. so those directly outside, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and those will be fine. You could plant stock, and you could plant pot marigold, calendula officinalis, mm. an all-year-round one. Mm. Pansies, of course, are pretty much all-year-round. Mm. Um, certainly in the sense that they'll seed forever once you've planted them. Antirrhinums you can plant. They, they will do well. Mm. But for your tender summer flowering stuff, it's just a wee bit early. But you could be sowing... Um, some of the seed of them if you wish things like salvia and so on and perhaps sowing them inside rather than outside yeah that's what I would have expected you'd sow into seed trays or have you moved on to using cell trays oh look I, you know, I would just buy some straight out plastic troughs from a bedding um, plant you know garden mm. nursery and uh, get some, some of their potting mix and sow into that um, and anything special but, about that potting mix, Roy? Well, the concerns with potting mix is sometimes it's very lumpy and you might need to um, compact it into the seed tray so that you fill it level and then just get a board equal to the top in terms of the rectangular shape of it and then press it firmly down to get a nice firm seed sowing bed and then if you can sieve out some fine material a little bit deeper than the size of the seed. Mm. So if the seed's a couple of millimetres across, then no more than, say, four millimetres of topping. Mm. Nice fine material. Mm-hmm. And then water it well and um, don't let it dry out, but don't keep it swamped either. I, I, I notice uh, the trend seems to be to go back to more organic-type composts and potting mixes. Uh, in my day, it was all John Innes uh, compost mixes. Oh, well, <laughs> no, John Innes uh, mixes have long gone, uh, even though they were valuable, and soil is a great medium for buffering from drying out. Mm. Everything today is pretty much soil, less modern, uh, lightweight potting mixes. So if you are buying potting mix, it's likely to be crushed, composted, bark, or peat-based, um, and perhaps with a wee bit of sand or a wee bit of uh, pumice in it, 
but they, they're a very good medium, but you do have to ensure that they don't dry out, uh, which means that you have to watch your watering and maybe water more than twice a day, um, certainly on, on the heat of the... As days get warmer, you, you have to watch them even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, has there been a move towards using things like hydrogels in those mixes? No. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> Most of those potting mixes, particularly commercial ones, will have um, some kind of wetting agent will help, which will help things like peat and bark retain moisture. Mm. But the commercial potting mixes and bags may not. You would have to check on that. Mm. But mm. for a small you know, home gardener, I don't think that's an issue. Um, you could perhaps just put your trays into a, um, sit into a, a plastic tray of a larger diameter and make sure there's water at the base of that, mm-hmm. at the base of the troughs that you've got seeds in. I noticed uh, when I sowed my cornflower, they were out of the potting mix real quick with their heads, but the larkspur took quite a bit longer. In fact, I was beginning to wonder if I'd done something wrong. No, there's a huge variation in germination time depending on the seeds you're going to sow. Um, you know, things like marigolds and zinnias and um, and so on will be pretty quick, but then if you sow bedding begonias, um, and I wouldn't advise most home growers to do that, the germination rate of those is much, much slower and you might be up to a month. Um, very few need treatment, but things like um, Bells of Ireland and perhaps lupins uh, mm. benefit from having the seed chipped, so they tend to suffer from hard seed coat dormancy. Mm. Um, but most annuals will will germinate reasonably quickly, and very few will take longer than perhaps. 14 days maximum. And what's your trick when it comes to something like petunia seed, which is pretty small? Yeah, when you're sowing those, um, what we used to do was we'd use the old pay packet envelopes and and measure out the quantity of seed we needed for a seed tray. So we knew the size of the seed tray, we knew the volume of the spoon and the number of seeds it would hold. So then the trick was sowing over the lip of an envelope so that you saw the seed going over and sowing in two ways. So sowing from left to right across the tray and then from top to bottom so that you got as good a coverage as possible. Once we'd done that, then we'd firm that seed into the surface layer and not put any topping over it. Um, We might in in days past um, have washed glass and formalin and put that over the top of the seed tray to retain moisture but every morning religiously lifting that glass and just carefully tilting it to run condensation off so that you didn't get any damping off diseases. But that was in a commercial situation and a home grower might not need to go to that sort of trouble. Are there times when, in fact, the home grower would be better advised to actually buy their plants? Very much so. Um, Certainly plants like bedding begonias and um, those things that actually need to be sown around about June in a glasshouse situation to be ready for planting out around about um, the end of October. So 
you know, unless the home grower wants to spend a number of months carefully managing these plants, they would be better to buy them. Right, right. But for seeds that are very easy to germinate, like marigolds and like pansies and like um, antirhinums and larkspur and cornflower, then sowing them in situ and thinning them out is not a bad option. Reminds me of the old books where you used to scatter the seed and then rake it into the surface and just leave it like that. Absolutely. Right, yeah, well, that was exactly what I wanted to do today. I mean, there will be other angles that I want to talk to you about and about other things. I mean, obviously, we still got perennials and we still got uh, taking cuttings of things, so... <laughs> but yeah, I suspect there is some things that we could still cover. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, then. All right, Mike. Okay, then. Yeah, Thanks bye. very much. Okay. Okay, bye. cheers. Bye. bye. Some folks like radishes, and some cur like kale. But give I bought parsnips, and a great dish of taters, and a lump of fatty bacon, and a pint of good ale. On that note about radishes and ale, I think I'd better finish up. You've been listening to Mike Molly Bunker's podcast called Garden Link. You can find it on Podbean, or you can find it on iTunes. I'm trying to record every 14 days or thereabouts, and I'm sitting in an office in Leeston, in Canterbury, just a little south of Christchurch, if you want to have a look and see where we're coming from and get an idea of what sort of conditions we must be growing in. Cheerio.